0: This is CT Startup. Your source for information on entrepreneurs, investors, and resources in the Connecticut startup ecosystem. From university campuses to industrial labs, from Stanford to Hartford, and from Danbury to Norwich, if it's happening out there in Connecticut, you'll find it in here. Now it's time to enter into a world of innovation, a world of human struggles, heartbreak, and achievement. And most of all, a world of wonder. Welcome to CT Startup.
1: Hi guys this is andrea stolf we're here with the avon edition of ct startup i'm here with
2: eric francis from trifecta ecosystems dave Menard from martha colina
1: chris Morrow
3: from sublime exposure online
1: all right and we are here today with denise baratz of a teen edge life coaching for teen girls just a phenomenal idea welcome denise thank you thank
4: you andrea tell us about your business Well, my business is basically, like you said, life coaching for teen girls, and I have an office in Canton. Um, So I do a lot of different things. I do one-on-one coaching with teen girls. I do group coaching. I do leadership and empowerment workshops and classes at local high schools. I, um, I like to do motivational speaking at schools, churches, community centers as well. And I really got started with doing um, life coaching for teen girls when I, as a mom of a teenage girl, was struggling with um, just trying to, to communicate with her and really try to understand what her struggles were. And I was able to find a life coach for her. And I looked through, I actually found her in Psychology Today where she was advertising and she was the only one in the entire state of Connecticut doing this at the time. And I found that for my daughter, the, the life coaching model was just perfect. She really was just such a supportive presence in her life. And still to this day, they have a relationship.
5: Obviously, I am not a young girl, so I don't know necessarily. <laughs> you, uh, you know, um, should <laughs> work. What's the problem that's being like solved by by the life coach?
4: So, with life coaching, I see so many different issues that come into my um, into my office. The the biggest one I would say that is a constant through all my clients is really just the fact that they don't feel like they're really connecting with their peers. They don't feel like they're belonging in the the community. Um, bullying is a huge problem and they're either being bullied by their peers or they feel like the society, the pressure in society is really getting to them, that they're not able to to meet the obligations that they feel, this pressure that they put on themselves. I do find that most of them are incredibly close with their families. They are just great girls coming in that are just struggling with like, where do I fit in and, and how can I excel in this, this crazy world that we're in right now? Yeah, we were
1: talking about this when we met and I have, a, I have teen sons, um, but they share the same issue, which is it is so difficult today to be a kid. The expectations put on high school students um, to achieve absolutely, and, and to, to front with a maturity and a confidence that wasn't expected when we were growing up. And, and I, you know, now that I have teenagers, I see it. And, you know, we live in a zero tolerance world and it really does affect, you know, the, the process of becoming a young adult. And I, I, even though I don't have girls, I understand from being one, how the, the, the pressures and the lack of forgiveness and the you know the 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 need to to live into this you know adult type environment when you're yeah. still getting used to your own body, your personality, the way you relate to the world, the way you relate to yourself. And and frankly, I'll say it, you know, the church used to provide some of this guidance for young people two or three generations ago. And you're probably all rolling your eyes, thinking, "Well, we don't do that now." Right, we don't. We're a secular society. So, you know, yes. how do you find secular solutions, can, right? Can
2: I just turn? I mean, I, I feel woefully unprepared for this podcast, and, and I'm probably likely <laughs> to just sit in the corner for the rest of it. I, I really don't meet the fundamental requirements of any of this. Uh, I. I I, I don't have children, so it's hard for me to understand from that perspective. Um, that probably one of the topics I know least about in the entire world would be teen girls, and that included when I was a teen boy. Um, and so I, you know, uh, but so from a very from an outsider's perspective, everything that that you're saying uh, and that Andrew's saying all makes sense to me. Um, but what is I guess I've always wondered what does coaching involve? What's the difference between coaching and say a session with a psychologist or a social worker or a, or a yes. mentor kind of a thing? Yeah.
4: Yes, there there's a lot of confusion with that. So coaching really is more like a mentor and it's really the coaching model focuses on developing strengths and giving tools on um, and teaching them really how to live the best life that they can and how to how to learn on their own in an empowered way to deal with the struggles that they're going to ultimately face. Um, The differences with counseling or therapy is that it's more of a medical model and, and going in, especially with teenagers, they feel very intimidated by that. They feel automatically just by saying that they need the help that they've done something wrong or that they've failed in some way. And so with coaching, it's much more thinking about their future actions, developing strengths, and um, just truly giving them that support, the cheerleading, the advice. It's, it's the, the favorite aunt advice that you might have had in days gone the by. The cool uncle for the us. The cool yeah. uncle for yes. But we, we, live, we tend to live really far away from our extended family so they're missing that in a lot of a lot of situations, and so really just providing another adult that is a, a good role model and a support for them. I I develop a relationship with each client that is just very comfortable. They feel really um, happy when they walk into the to the office. It's a really safe place. The it's always everything's confidential. And so I'm bound by all the same laws as a therapist or a counselor, but I'm really just there to support them. A lot of times they come in and they just wanna talk. And a lot of times they do for an hour. I always have a plan that I'm prepared with. I always have, I have almost like lesson plans. I was a teacher for many years. I taught health and biology and a little bit of PE. So it's, I kind of pull it all into, into uh, to this profession and it's really like just teaching one-on-one and uh, i just i i feel like each one of my clients i just get to know them so well and they they just learn to they just know they have another person that they can talk to trying to talk to their parents sometimes can be hard a lot of times I, i feel like parents get a little bit intimidated Or they think, oh, you know, my daughter's going to tell this life coach all of our secrets. How horrible (laughs) I am as a parent. (laughs) Right. And so, but what really happens is it actually empowers that parent-daughter relationship as well. It's, they're always, I do find that the moms that bring their daughters in, they already have a really close relationship. They're really paying attention to their daughter's needs. And they're seeing maybe a slight change or just that their child is struggling and they're they're jumping right on it and coming and trying to be proactive and finding that help and by doing so it just empowers their relationship their daughters appreciate it they don't feel like they're being marginalized in any way shape or form they, they learn to really love it it's just another support system
3: so I have a question okay um this this sounds awesome right But the business model. Now, you you have a business, you you have an office, you have clients, but how, uh, you know, you have a educational background, but you don't have a a psychologist background or anything necessarily. So how did you get this going? How did you, you know, decide, okay, well, I want a noble goal. I want to help teenage girls feel better and, and, and deal with the world a little bit better. How did you market that? How did you get started? Where did you find your first client?
4: OK, so I did a program called Teen Wisdom. It was out of San Diego. It's actually a, an online program, but we met um, on the phone and video conferencing for about six months. And then there's a, a test, a certification test through the um, ICF, which is International Coaching Federation. So I did get a certification for it. Um, in order to participate in one of these types of programs, you had to already be in a helping profession, either some were therapists already, teachers, nurses, you had to already have some type of a degree. And so I just added that that extra certification to my teaching. And then the way I marketed is I just basically started talking to all of my friends, my kids were still in high school. And so I had a few clients uh, right off the bat that I started at my kitchen table or their kitchen table or meeting maybe at Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts. And I, I really loved getting to know them in that way. But ultimately, I felt like for just the, the comfort of the girls and true confidentiality and all that, I felt it was important to have an office. So I did open an office. Um, it's in Canton. It's um, in Gateway office park right there on Route 44 near the shops of Farmington Valley. So, And beyond that, I've just started with social media, Instagram, Facebook, sort of the typical things, and really just trying to get my my name out there and talk to as many people as I can.
3: And uh, how long have you been doing this now?
4: I've been doing the life coaching for three years, and I've had my office for about a year and a half, so it's really taken off this, at this point. I've also done some some articles in some magazines, local magazines. I try to just um, open myself up to any opportunity I can.
3: That's, the, that's, that's a pretty succinct journey, though. It's, it's pretty, you know, we've had we've had some people that is like, oh, you know, I had no idea I was gonna do this. It's like, you knew what you were gonna do, and you ran with it, and that's, that's pretty inspiring.
4: Absolutely. I, I knew that I really wanted to help these girls. One thing that I loved when I was a teacher is um, really getting to know the kids. One thing that was frustrating about it is that there were just so many students in my classes. I was a teacher in California, had sometimes 30 to 35 kids in my class. So that one-on-one time was was a little hard to come by. So every day at lunch, I had my sort of lunch bun. And mostly girls, (laughs) would come in and sit and have lunch with me. And we would have these conversations. Um, about boys and friends and parents and all of the same things that, that we talk about now and academic struggles. And how could this teacher expect all of this from me? Mm-hmm. And um, and I just loved that part. And so when I found the, the life coach um, for my daughter, I realized that I had all the same credentials that she did. And I just loved how my daughter responded to that. And I and I wanted to share that with other girls. I truly believe at this point, I mean, I believe marketing is gonna to need to happen because I wanna to talk to as many girls as I can, but I, I operate my business knowing that the girls that need me will find me, and I truly believe that. Some of it's word of mouth. Yeah, so, so we talked when we met about yes.
1: um, the next chapter involves scaling, and you have the same issue that many solo entrepreneurs have, which is how do you scale you, right? Yes. Now the business is
4: you reaching out to many clients. Um, tell me how you're thinking about that. So a couple of things that, that I've thought about doing is is definitely opening it up to doing webinars so that I can reach as many people at one time um, as I can. And and the great thing about this, it, with all the technology that we have, there's absolutely no reason I can't have a coaching session with a girl either one on one or in the webinar format um, anywhere in the world. So, so trying to, to get the word out about that is a little bit trickier because obviously I can't be everywhere. So I am trying to, to work on my social media presence. The other, um, the other piece is really educating people about what a life coach is in general. Um, a lot of adults have life coaches, executives have life coaches. Obviously, athletes all have life coaches. I mean, so so the idea that our teenagers could benefit from this is really still a relatively new one. It's, it's bigger in some of the bigger markets, but here in Connecticut, I, I might be one of two <laughs> that, that's doing it. So, so really getting the word out about what life coaching is for teen girls in general is great. And then I guess my, my biggest, this might be a few years away, but is to actually... Um, help other coaches get training and then come in under my business so that's why when I named the business a teenedge.com um, I did it without the girls I and mean, I'd love to reach boys as well the program I did was focused just on girls but I know there's a lot of boys out there that need the help as well
5: so, so I kind of want to get back to the, the problem a little bit, because I, I I guess Chris and I are the closest to high school, uh, other than our other 2 Not uh, older than you. <laughs> uh, but you're still closer than the other two. Right. And, um, <laughs> and, so, and so I would say that, you know, obviously thinking back to my, my days, and it's 15 years ago, I got to kind of imagine how I felt back then. But, you know, there was definitely times that, yes, there was big challenges in life, you know, like, I mean, uh, I got expelled from high school, you know what I'm okay. saying? So I could have been, you I mean could have been, buddy. I could have been... You know, just just that that could have been a challenge where I just gave up, kind of a thing, but it wasn't. And so one of the things that I, I the reason why I bring I'm this sorry, up,
2: I'm sorry, to draw sorry, Dark. I just got to point yeah, out that that I think we're all learning <laughs> stuff on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, exactly. and, and, and I think that Andrew I and I now, were you know? a little bit shocked that <laughs> yes. both you
1: and Chris misspelled. <laughs>
2: why is that shocking yeah. at all? I think that's yeah, a possible. I,
1: I just want
5: to say that I think that's a prerequisite for like a startup founder slash like future okay. you know visionary uh, well, revolutionary. Like, you know, just, I'm just saying.
2: I mean, I always, I always do tell people that when you know when I was in college, if you're an entrepreneur, it's because you failed at something else. Exactly. Yes. I just, I just had not applied well, that to it, both of you.
3: And it's important to note that this was the same school system that we were both more yeah, or less yeah, kicked yeah. out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it works. It
5: works. But, okay. but regardless, so That's the right. reason why I bring it up though is that is that, and I was actually having a conversation with somebody about this the other day. Was that to a lot of teenage people, right? And and even when I go to teenage to college, is that. They hit a moment in time where, for instance, and I'll give an example, this was not me in, in high school, clearly, but for instance, uh, went to CCSU, another uh, person I knew went to the same high school, had a relatively good good time there, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. Then uh, went to college and had a horrible first year and spiraled out, had one bad moment and spiraled out. I've known, I could count many people that I know that were very academically well off, very done, and then they hit a bad moment, couldn't handle it and spiraled down. And the reason why I bring this up is that from, again, I'm not a teenager anymore. I don't have kids. Um, but it seems as if there's either, it's one or the other or both. Whether people do not know how to handle a tough situation where, listen, life is tough. If you, a bad moment, your, your good moments are only as good as your, or, you know, it, it's the peaks, right? If yes. you had a bad moment, then you can go that much higher, right? Or is it that... People just there there's so much out there to do like for instance like we have so many more opportunities we have so much more to filter that it's just you're just getting like it, it, it's paralysis by i can do so much with my life yeah. so so th- th- again it's an and or or both like th- that's the thing that i'm trying to understand because looking to hire people coming out of school looking to that i mean one of the one of the interview questions i asked is like what was your worst moment in your life and how did you get over it right because if you didn't have one it, it, it actually is a if you can't identify a moment in your life where you came you know, overcame something. It's almost a telltale sign that like something may bad happen. You know. So. Yes, I, I actually <laughs> dark I, Eric. Yeah.
4: I, Eric, I'm glad you asked that. Um, one of the things that we do as parents in our um, in our ability in our desire, I would say, to have our kids have a better life, we try to protect them from all of the ups and downs, all the pitfalls. We try to catch them before they fall. And this is really doing such a disservice to our kids because what they never learn is grit, resilience, and that what you showed by by persevering or people in these situations when they have that bad moment is they need to learn to pick themselves up and move on, brush themselves off and move on. And so many of our kids in this generation don't have that ability because we never let them fail. It's so important to let them fail and let them feel the hurt, the frustration, the disappointment, the pain. And we, we just, it, our parents didn't do all that for us. So we learned by, you learn by doing. You cannot save all of these lessons, uh, your kids from all of these lessons and expect them just to know how to do it through osmosis. I mean, they need to learn it, they need to practice it. I mean, it starts very young by just, you know, Letting them, if they scrape their need, letting them get up and not scooping them up and saying right second. It out. yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, I'm not here to give a bunch of parenting <laughs> advice, but but just developing that grit and resilience is so huge. It's that bounce back effect. It's that, just being able to, to bend a little bit. Mm-hmm.
5: Now, do you also think that, so, so yes, you agreed with that, but yes. now on the other side of it is that in your age, when you guys were in high school, when you're, you literally did not have as many opportunities facing you down. And, and it's almost one of the things with an entrepreneur, you always think it's like, what's the opportunity cost, right? If I do this, what do I give up over here? And so is that something that a lot of students are, are challenged with? Because again, I mean, you know, I knew what I wanted to be in, in high school, um and but but that's a lot of people don't right and so to like say oh i i'm gonna go down this career path or this career path right so is that have you been seeing that or is it just that people really don't know how to fail and, and move on from it
4: well i mean i i think that the girls that i see are definitely struggling with trying to figure out who they are and how they fit in to this world and and like you said there are so many opportunities but the opportunities that they have actually as teenagers a lot of them don't involve one-on-one communicating with each other and actually being in the moment and doing things Mm. there's a there's a lot of online a lot of connection via social media and texting and snapchat all those things are really great and we thought with all this technology i mean right now this is really just a big social experiment all this uh, social media and Our kids are in that generation that is gonna learn the hard way, unfortunately, that in this ever-connected world that we just, everybody feels is great, we're connected, we can talk to so many people, we can be in 15 places at one time, Um, yet they're feeling more disconnected than ever because they don't have that one-on-one, hey, let's sit down face-to-face and talk, or let's work it out, or conflict. It would, conflict instead goes to the phone. And so it's just really learning this basic human communication skills. Th-
3: that's very, that's, that's actually very interesting. Um, uh, just, just a little side note. I, my wife and I went to a, a rave recently and one of the things uh-huh. they do is, I know, listen, the story's <laughs> going somewhere. They put a sticker. A professional <laughs> development moment where they, they
5: say, listen, this is how you connect with people. Exactly. <laughs> I, have,
3: I have, they put a sticker on your camera at the club. Like, that they go over... It goes over... You can't see this, but it's a little no-pictures camera because they don't want people taking pictures. They don't want you on your phone. And they actually have... A jamming device mm-hmm. in the club, so you can't be tweeting, you can't be Instagramming, I think you can't.
4: Think we need that every day, yeah, Right,
3: but like to your, I mean, t- to your point, you know, people are kind of losing that ability to live in the moment and to have those one-on-one connections. And for me, who does all this social media stuff, being able to like literally, I just can't use my phone in any way shape, or perform for like until like six o'clock in the morning, is amazing. It was actually I, I'd never experienced that, and so it sounds like it seems like if this is an issue and people like yourself are starting to respond to it because just literally taking away the ability to be on your phone and forcing you to live in your moment, everyone was having a blast. I hardly saw any phones. And honestly, the bouncers would come over if you had your phone on, be like, put it away. Like they just wanted you to enjoy the moment. And so it sounds like an issue and there's a lot of different ways to resolve it. But that's a, that was one of the questions I was going to ask. you. It was like, you know, what are these issues facing these teen girls? And that's, that's a big one.
4: That, that's really at the core of so much of what's going on, because they feel first of all, they feel like they're connected. They have a million friends if they if they you know, have a certain number of friends on their social media account. But yet they don't have a single person to call when they're feeling like they're about to cry about something um, or just somebody to go have lunch with mm-hmm. a lot. Of, I mean, it's just incredible that you're so connected out there, but right in front of you. They're lonely. They're it's, it's, like being, than ever. it's like
3: being—it's like being this. All your friends are around. There's a big circle of your friends, but you're standing in the middle, and you don't actually—you can't reach them. You can't touch
4: them. Exactly.
5: So, so I would—I'm going to be a little bit of devil's advocate in the sense of because obviously we're all hating on the the social media and oh, and and and, and and technology and how we're always on our phones and connected and this and that. And so um, I bring it up because like I've heard this many a times and, and, and through other podcasts I've listened to, and I know Gary V. He's the—he's the guy that always always spouts off about it, and he talks about like when the radio came around right people were like the radio is gonna you know you know all the kids are gonna go and just listen to the radio and then when the television people are just gonna sit in front of the tv and the telephone well nobody's gonna talk to in person anymore and so i mean it's not going away i mean in five years or six years it's just gonna be in our you know forearm or something and so the the one of the things is that it's kind of funny is that it's more or less just getting back to and this is maybe how we connect the baby boomers with the millennials or and so forth and so on Is that you're just saying this is how you interact with a person you you know this is how you say hello this is how you interact this is how you be nice to a person if you're not nice to a person how do you expect them to be nice to you so forth and so on and then i mean it's just simple basic human communication so it's just one of those funny things where it's just comes down to go have a conversation with somebody
4: right and and that's the sad thing is that we are having to teach those really basic life skills exactly how to introduce yourself how to look somebody in the eye how to shake your hand all of those things that they have they've completely mastered the social media and in so many ways that is fantastic because they can reach so many more people but we don't want to do that at the cost of our human connection and that one on one connection and and i do believe that social media is going to get bigger and better and people are going to be more and more connected But there's such a movement now for mindfulness, meditation, people Mm. coming back to figuring out who they are and how to make a difference in your own community right in front of you that it's just all about balance and we can't forgo one in order to do the other. So, So that's a lot of what life coaching is, is really just teaching life skills and kind of going back to those basics and because it feels good I mean giving somebody a hug feels good mm-hmm. seeing the seeing the smile on their face or having hearing them laugh when you make a joke is is great yep. you don't hear that and, yeah, and yeah, literally
3: true. you are literally giving these girls an opportunity to have that one-on-one time with you
4: yes yeah, yeah. nice and, so, and it's it's awesome that's
5: great so I mean it's kind of funny it's, it's, we're ending two podcasts on almost like the same note where it's like go make a human connection and have human connection yes. so you know, very cool. So, Denise, thank you very much. Um, if uh, anybody wants to reach out to you, uh, go to uh, com, right?
4: Yes, or you can email me at denise at com. All right, thank very you. cool.
5: Well, thank you very much for coming.
4: Absolutely. Thank you thank for having you. me.
0: Thank you for listening to CT Startup. More Connecticut Startup news, information, and events can be found at ctstartup.com. The weekly episodes of this podcast can be downloaded from iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and ctstartup.com. Finally, we would like to thank both Sublime Exposure Online and Mirtha Kalina for providing resources and space to CT Startup, which make
2: this show possible. See you next week.